You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Fantasy Football Frenzy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football 365. There is a, there is no offseason. I'm Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive. Rocking with my guy, Tony Sincata, for the next hour. We'll be going over the NFFC, National Fantasy Football Championship, Trendsetters Draft. We are through six rounds of the draft, Tony. I am in this draft. Before I talk to you about this draft, welcome to the Fantasy Football Frenzy, my man. How you doing? I'm doing good. You know, it's a, it's great to see a draft. Uh, I like to see them early. I think you get advantages when you draft early, and you have an opportunity uh, to really put yourself out there, and you'll see a lot of these guys move as drafts go further. And so I like looking at these things and uh, seeing where it was and uh, seeing where you got to go. And, and then, you know, right before the draft season in August, we'll find, like, some of these guys going three or four rounds and tracking other uh, guys that are making the biggest movements. You know what's so funny about you mentioning that, Tony? The guy who won the Scout Online Championship this year Yes. Drafted his team on May 9th. So I want to – I came in a top 10 in an overall NFBC baseball one. And baseball, for all the people that just follow football, starts in uh, April. I drafted uh, January 5th. There you go right there. There's so much value to be found early in the draft season. Yep. Obviously, this right here is very early. But the way NFC's term set is set up, we do six rounds – and then we stand down for three weeks. Then we'll go back in for another three rounds. Then we'll stand down until after the NFL draft. After the NFL draft, we'll complete it. Now, we're not drafting actual rookies in this draft. We're drafting the rookie spot. So, for example, on my team, I have rookie number two, meaning I have the second shot at a first-year player. So that's kind of how this draft works out. I'm going to go through and break some of this stuff down for you. We'll spend a whole hour talking about this, get some of Tony's thoughts on it. I have a team in this draft, so I'll get Tony to uh, kind of see if he likes what I did, how I'm putting it together so far. I have a partner in this draft, so there was some give and take in this, so I'll let you know that up front. But before we get into that, Tony, successful always fans- suck. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. <laughs> Before we get into that, though, Tony, successful fantasy football season right here on the network. I think everybody did well. Obviously, shout out to the King Scott Angle taking on the GST League. He called it his biggest fantasy win of all time. Um, But the fantasy football frenzy. We had a good regular season also, Tony. Myself, Jake Seeley, Matt Medica. As a show, as a program, Tony, I know you listen to a lot of fantasy stuff, a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. How did we do on the fantasy football frenzy, Tony? You can be honest. Oh, yeah. No, I like it. I like it because it gives you a little variety of everything. Like, you know, it's interesting because you have Matt Modica who plays in the NFFC League. And if you listen to the show, you know that's all he plays in because that's all he talks about, <laughs> and, and, which is good because it brings a high-stakes variety. Then you have yep. Jake who goes by his rankings, and you do not not sure if he even plays in any leagues or uh, – if he just ranks things. And, and then you have Corey who will play, you know, uh, with anyone on Yahoo, will call people out on Twitter. And it's a great dynamic to the show because one of the things, too, is like I remember when I first started doing this for, for work and people would call up and they'd be playing in six and eight team leagues and you'd be going – 
come on, man, don't waste my time. But then you're like, you know what? Whatever it is, you know, th- these people are listening to the shows. They they want help. And uh, some of those six to eight team leagues are actually hotter because they're all all-stars. Tony, I was the, the I, one thing that I would, you nailed it. The thing that I took away the most from hosting the Frenzy all season, from July all the way till January, was the amount of people that play in 10-team leagues. I was yeah. stunned. I was stunned. It's like the 10-team league is almost like the standard. Yeah, well, I mean, that is the default of ESPN. So, I mean, if mm-hmm. anyone, I mean, to think about it in that way is to go out, you know, and we take it for granted because we play in, you know, 14-team leagues or whatever. And we look at it like this, and, you know, we've got to try to cater the shows to the people, the population that's playing out there and give them the opportunity. You know, and it was great to listen to the show because, you know, Jake Jake at times is like, man, whatever I say is gospel. Everybody else is wrong. And then you guys, how you guys deal with that was always fun uh, and exhilarating. And uh, it's always a good thing. And I think the shows here – uh, for the most part, are really good because you have guys that play uh, there. And I'll, I'll tell you what, this fantasy industry is full of people that don't play, that give advice, mm-hmm. and uh, mostly the older folks, mostly the older people that have been in the, in the industry a while, and they hate playing in leagues, and they just want to be on the radio. One thing about the fantasy executive, you can find me anywhere. I'm always down to get in your league, especially if you waive the entry fee. That's an even better <laughs> shot that I'm going to get into it because now I'm going to try to win it for free. So, Tone, here we go. NFFC trendsetters, high-stakes draft, first one of the year, $200 a team draft. So, 14-team PPR, NFC rules, no third-round reversal in this, which I find interesting, but I'm cool with that. Speaking of the third-round reversal, Tony, Matt Medica lives by it. He thinks all leagues should be third-round reversal. Tony, the industry is not ready for third-round reversal. I I, I really think that that the third-round reversal has outdated itself. It's it's lived its course. Its purpose for the people out there was LaDainian Tomlinson back in the day was just giving, you know, 80% of the champions who had Ladanian Tomlinson on their team. So that was the creative, the third-round reversal, the need for it. I don't think there's a clear number one pick in, in drafts. I mean, in this draft, Le'Veon Bell went first. I think he'll go to first in many drafts. But I think some people will have, you know, Antonio Brown in the PPR league. I think some people will go Todd Gurley. And I don't think that Le'Veon Bell is that much better than everybody else that we need a third-round reversal. I, I think it's outgrown its course. All right, now here's the thing about it. I actually had, uh, I remember back in the, well, back in the spring, I had an intern actually do the research on this, Tony. And LaDainian Tomlinson's best season in a PPR, which the NFFC is, he averaged 30 fantasy points a game. In 2016, David Johnson averaged 28 fantasy points a game. So, that was a special season for David Johnson offensively, but LaDainian Tomlinson still outperformed him by two points per game. I agree. I don't think that the third-round reversal is something that's needed right now. And, 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 and I think you have to take that, though, one step further, though. You have to take David Johnson and whoever was the 12th pick in that draft and, and take their points, and then LaDainian mm-hmm. Tomlinson and whoever was the 12th pick. Because it, 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 say – David Johnson had 28 fantasy points, and the guy that was 12th was 20, 21 fantasy points per game, just thrown out there. I don't know these facts, mm. these numbers to be fact. 
And back when Ladanian Tomlinson was playing, uh, it was more of a running back league back then, and he was putting up 30 fantasy points. And then, say, the number 12 guy was 15, and then that would tell the greatest story of why Ladanian Tomlinson was so much better. And that makes perfect sense right there. You nailed it on that one. Let's start to get into it and break this draft down a little bit. Like I said, 14-team PPR. I had the ninth pick in this draft. It starts off with Le'Veon Bell and Ty Gurley going off the board at one and two. I think, Tony, I think these are the consensus top two picks. Uh, I may take Bell one day. I may take Gurley the next. Where you stand? Yeah, I feel the same way. I think what Todd Gurley showed in the passing game and that offense is going to be better. And if you want a sure thing, what we talked about in last night's show, uh, for all the people out there, you can catch us out on demand and go and take a listen to Thursday night's show as well. Um, we could make the case that Gurley's a sure thing because of the offensive coordinator change in Pittsburgh if you wanted to split hairs. I, I agree with you on that. And then you get the fact that Gurley had that big postseason. And I think a lot of fantasy owners that won with Gurley this year are going to remember that. Guys that lost a team that had Gurley. So I think it could go either way. Like I said, I, I would split hairs between them. I can go Gurley one day, Bell the next. But I do definitely make a case for, for Ty Gurley. And like you said, that offensive coordinator change is also going to be a big thing. And plus, it's going to be able to it's going to be interesting to see how Le'Veon Bell's contract negotiations work out. Because if they go too deep, into, you know, the offseason. That could also be a thing where he could miss time from camp. So I find that to be interesting. Also, Kareem Hunt goes with the third pick, followed by Ezekiel Elliott at four, David Johnson at five. I would put Elliott over Hunt, but I don't mind Hunt over David Johnson. I would never pick Kareem Hunt with that pick. I think mm-hmm. you can't make a mistake when you're picking third all overall. And Kareem Hunt is going to be in the second year after an incredible workload uh, that he had this season. 272 uh, attempts in this one. He rushed for 37, uh, 1,300 yards, plus he had 53 catches. So we're talking about 330 uh, 30, 330, uh, touches. Then we're going to have a change at quarterback, okay? Mm-hmm. We lost the offensive coordinator, and we could say maybe that doesn't mean anything because Andrew Reid's there. There's just a lot of variables there. There's no way I'm picking him over Ezekiel Elliott. I agree. I think Ezekiel Elliott is the guy that, that I would go with three. If I'm not going to Ezekiel Elliott, I will go with Antonio Brown. Kareem Hunt got a lot of a lot of things around him, especially some off off season off-field uh, trouble, so we'll keep a monitor of that situation, how it's going to play out for Kareem Hunt. David Johnson goes five. I don't have a problem with that. In no. this particular draft, the first wide receiver off the board was DeAndre Hopkins, not Antonio Brown. I think that's somebody being too cute. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. That is someone that wants people to talk about him and go from there, or I think it's basically – a guy that's absolutely in love, in love with Deshaun Watson, right? This is a mm-hmm. guy that must think that, you know what, we saw him play for five or six games. We saw these incredible numbers. If I'm going to go and I'm going to take DeAndre Hopkins in round one, in round three or four, I'm taking Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. I'm going to team him up. I wouldn't do it. I would never do this, but... If you're thinking that he's going to be that good, I think you've got to be all in. 
No, you're right. If, if like you're right, you, you might as well go for it and try to hit the home run in that way. Because if you put D Hop over Antonio Brown, why not just go ahead and make the Sean Watson play also? Because if D Hop is putting up those those numbers to BWR one like he was this year, don't get me wrong. Also, I think you got to think that Antonio, excuse me, that Deshaun Watson is going to have a good season. Also, seven goes Alvin Kamara, Saints rookie running back coming back for his second year, Tony. I think in this 7-8 range is a good spot for Kamara. I do think that he is the running back that's going to stick. I think he's a situation where we've seen Sean Payton fall in love with him. Dynamic player like Kamara, I think, is where the, the NFL is becoming at the running back position. A guy that can give you that work between the tackles and catch 70 balls. I'll tell you what, I would never pick Alvin Kamara ahead of Antonio Brown. And I, I no, think that not. what we got here is somebody came in with a predetermined notion that they were taking a running back because their running backs are so scarce. And and I, I get that. I, I'm not saying it's a bad strategy. I'm just saying that I would never do this. And this is the sixth running back off the board in seven picks. You go right there. You see. So it gets to the point. Like I, This is how why I wouldn't do it. If I think Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver, why am I taking the sixth best player in a position instead of the first best player? It's like fantasy football owners are looking at position scarcity with running backs. I, yeah. I, I think I think that may be a mistake. I like Kamara. I think he's a good player also, but I would not leave him on the board for Antonio Brown. At num- at pick eight, Antonio Brown goes off the board one slot before I select. After A.B. goes off the board, Tony, this is where we talk about having a partner. I wanted Melvin Gordon. My partner wanted Odell Beckham. Mm. I like... I like the Beckham pick, to tell you the truth. And mm-hmm. I, I look at it like that offense was decimated without him. He comes back. He's had poor uh, Eli Manning play, and he's put up the numbers. It's just about staying on the field. Like, Melvin Gordon is a huge volume back. Like, he doesn't excel in anything except getting the ball and making it his happen, workload. right? His workload yeah. is, his best, is his best asset. And so then I wonder, you know, if – that is a total commitment to him. If if another running back came in, how it would change things. Where I know Beckham's a supreme talent, and that's why I, I would take Beckham there. But I can see people doing it. Gordon's going to go in the first round because of his workload. There just isn't enough workload backs in the league, so I, I can see that going anywhere. But I would actually take Beckham. I yeah no I don't I don't I don't mind the Beckham pick, but I look at what he was able to do this year in Melvin Gordon. You know, and his, and his 267 rushes, over 1,000 yards running, eight touchdowns, which is good, 52 yep. receptions, and four touchdowns in the receiving games to go along with 445 yards receiving. This is a 1,500-yard guy with 12 touchdowns, and he's going into his fourth year. Was is, so This would be his this would be his fourth year. I like I, – I, and Anthony Lynn is the coach out there. I, wa- I wish the yards per carry were higher that show you that he was a better running back. But I don't mind the volume. I don't mind him as a top 10 pick in the fantasy draft. Yeah, I'll tell you. I, I think it's volume, 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 because you talk about the yards per carry. They're not there. The San Diego offense is going to be good enough to put up points, so you're going to get close to 10 touchdowns or more each and every season. So there are, there are positives and negatives there, but the yards per carry scare me a little bit uh, with Melvin Gordon. But there's nobody else currently there uh, that could get any workload. I think the next pick is very interesting. Yeah, and the next pick, pick 11 is Dalvin Cook. I'm a big Dalvin Cook supporter, but Dalvin Cook should not be going in the first round of a fantasy no draft way. in 2018. 
we've talked to Dr. A about this. Dalvin Cook had the ACL tear. Yes, he's walking. He's not having the boot, nothing protective. He'll ramp up his resume soon, regimen soon. But Dr. A warns of a potential microfracture also in that knee. And Dalvin Cook could be trouble this year, not to mention the fact there's going to be a new offensive coordinator. New offensive coordinator, Dalvin Cook's a guy that's been up and down throughout his college career. He comes in, and he looks good. I mean, right off the bat, 22 carries, 127 yards, 5.8 yards a carry. Uh, then he rushes 12 times, Pittsburgh 64 yards, uh, catches 11 balls out of the backfield in four games. He has all the attributes uh, there. We don't know who the quarterback is going to be in Minnesota. We yep. don't know who the offense coordinator is. I mean, we got a new offense coordinator. We don't know how that's going to play out. Uh, there's a lot of questions. There's no way I picked this kid 11. No, I can't. I, I, I don't want him as an RB1. If I get him in, 2000, in, two, in 2018, I want him as an RB2 right now. That's what I'm saying. Now, if we get to a situation in the preseason where we know he's healthy, he's good in the go, you see him getting carries, the knee is fine, he's going to be ready and clean to start the season, depending on how the offense looks and what the scheme is and reading the tea leaves, he may push up onto that one-two turn. But I do think that it's better running backs. Matter of fact, the next guy to go off the board is Mark Ingram. Is Mark Ingram or Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara first rounders, Tony? I I just, I just think it's Kamara. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I would take Leonard Fournette over both those backs. I agree. Uh, I know everybody's concerned about Leonard Fournette playing uh, playing a, a whole workload, but I know the games he plays. I'm gonna get 100 yards and get in the end zone. I agree with you on that right there, too. You have to look for a replacement value because Leonard Fournette will probably give you 13. But through 13 picks, fitting, when we come back and close off the first round, let you know which big-time wide receivers go on to turn. It's the Fantasy Football Frenzy. friends. If you want to win at Fantasy Sports, wouldn't you listen to people who have already won at Fantasy Sports? I'm here to tell you about DailyRoto.com. Don't be intimidated by the DraftKings and FanDuel Sharks, even the Fantasy Draft Sharks. The guys at DailyRoto.com have not only won a million dollars amongst one of the writers, but they've created three others. That's four people who have won millionaire contests from this content alone. Don't be fooled by screenshots talking about $25,000 winners from other places. Go to DailyRoto.com where they have a proven track record of creating millionaires. DailyRoto.com. Tell them Greg Sussman sent you. On target fantasy. I'm not going to downgrade Carson Wentz to not being a QB1. I'm not going to knock out Alshon Jeffrey from being in the wide receiver one conversation. But if I'm looking at next year's drafts and there's people on the board that are within that same tier, I might lean to the other people because we don't know who the offensive coordinator solution is going to be 100% right now is saying, you know what? Look at what just happened with Atlanta. There's no guarantee that these people will come in and don't screw up everything. Listen anytime on popular podcast providers. Play on Fantasy Draft, the only daily fantasy site where every head-to-head contest is rake-free, including contests you create. Fantasy Draft also gives you the ability to block up to 25 players from entering your head-to-head contest. With a $1 million prize pool and 200000 to the winner, Fantasy Draft is running their inaugural NFL Live Final, the Carolina Million. Sign up today at FantasyDraft.com with promo code FNTSY and experience players first for yourself. Fantasy Draft, daily fantasy on a level playing field. <laughs> it never gets old. All right, everyone. Two truths, one lie. I was going to be on The Real World. I play the oboe. And I saved a kid's life. You definitely never saved a kid's life. I'm serious. Last summer, I donated bone marrow to a kid who had leukemia. Saving a life. The truth is, it's easier than you think. 
Learn how at DKMS.org. <laughs> who knew we were living with a hero? Um, <laughs> a hero who plays the oboe. <laughs> hey, I'm Jeff. Look, I'm just a skeleton. I don't have an ACL anymore, but I still like to know what it means when one of my fantasy players sprains his. That's why I use the Inside Injuries app. It was created by real doctors. So you're getting information directly from people who have seen, touched, and operated on actual ACLs. Take it from me, a skeleton. If you aren't using it, you might as well just be guessing. Download the free app today and unlock the secrets of injury analysis. Hey there, everybody. It's me, Joe Pizzapia. Baseball is back, and that means the Fantasy Baseball Black Book is back as well. It's me, it's Paul Spohr writing starting pitching profiles. It's Jake Seeley. It's Sammy Reed writing DFS. It's a whole lot of greatness right here for you. You can get the new Fantasy Black Book for baseball on Amazon, on iTunes. You can get it in paperback. You can get it for your Kindle. You can get it anywhere you want, but make sure you get it, because once you go Black Book, you never go back. Fantasy Football Frenzy, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Corey Parson, Tony Sincata. Having a good time recapping the first six rounds of the NFFC Trendsetters Draft. I've made my first pick, Odell Beckham. Take him off the board as a third wide receiver. I think that's about right. Up next, Tony, to close out round one and start round two, we see the fourth and the fifth wide receiver go off the board. A real nice turn right here. Keenan Allen and Michael Thomas. Keenan Allen, one of this year's bounce back players. Michael Thomas missed the consistency. I'll tell you what, a PPR league, yeah, you you, you get this to start out, you got to be going, man, I'm loving life. I'm talking about this is a great, great move. I mean, Keenan Allen showed in the second half of last year, he might rival uh, Antonio Brown for amount of catches on the season if they could keep him healthy. I mean, this is a, I think it's a great pick. And if I see the draft like this, this makes me think that, you know what, I want to pick towards the end of the first round. It does look that way. I like this right here. You're locking up about 200 catches right there. Also probably get close to 15, 15, 15, probably 15 to 18 touchdowns right there. So I do like that move, especially if both players stay healthy. Michael Thomas was the guy that definitely got it done this year. Uh, so next pick, our running back 11 goes off the board and Christian McCaffrey. The interesting thing with McCaffrey is, Tony, is PPR. Yeah. I like it because what he can do with the catches, 75 to 80 catches, more or less put up rival wide receiver type numbers that catches. He can't run between the tackles, at least not yet. And and North Turner is in town now. Uh, I uh, I like Christian McCaffrey. And like you said, he get, he has an opportunity in PPR leagues to really put up. But there's no way I'm drafting him this early. Like, I would love to have him on my team, but there's just too much to go wrong. And I think that when you play fantasy football and you take a running back in the second round and he doesn't have the ability to get goal line carries, he better catch 80 balls. And <laughs> that's too much to bank on. Yeah, you're right. We're, we're banking on those catches, but he, he, Cam Newton's going to get the goal line work, and we haven't seen yeah. McCaffrey run successful between the tackles yet. So I find that interesting. 12th running back to go off the board with the second pick. So uh, he gets picked. He got picked in the second round, right? Mm-hmm. Here's a number that you have to put in your mind. He only had three games where he had 10 rushing attempts or more. 
how do you pick a running back like that? People are banking on those 75 receptions, Tom. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, that's that's tough. And even the uh, – he had the 80 receptions last year, right, and he had five touchdowns receiving the ball, only two in the running game. And, of course, uh, in that in that game, um, this is seven touchdowns. That's a lot. That's a lot for Christian McCaffrey. And then the change in offensive coordinators makes it really tough for me. Yeah. And now, one of the things about North Turner, he, was, he is known for making sure his running backs – we're pass-catching running backs also. I don't know how he's going to use a piece like McCaffrey, though. I find that to be interesting. And plus that Carolina team, I mean, listen, Ron Rivera is, like, in charge right now. <laughs> so that's very scary. You don't know what's going on down there. So I took that into consideration also. At pick the third pick of round number two, running back 12 go off the board, and LaShawn Shady McCoy. That team starts Mark Ingram, LaShawn McCoy. I'm not a fan of that. Um, no, 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 no. LaShawn McCoy scares me to death. Yep. And I get why you would take him at that point in the draft because uh, he's going to get a ton of volume. He's going to get the ball a ton. And uh, I don't know, man. I He has been beaten up. He's gone through things. There's no way I would make that trick, pick there. And, in fact, I'm looking down. And uh, got it. we often malign on shows like this. Uh, I would actually go and uh, I would have took Julio Jones at that point. Uh, Julio Jones falling this far in the draft. I'll take a shot. Now, obviously, you see the running backs are going hot and heavy. We already see McCaffrey go. We already see McCoy go with three picks into the second round. Then with the fourth pick of the second round, we get our first rookie to go off the board. More than likely, this is where you'll see Saquon Barkley land up on that one-two turn in the 14-team league. I think he pushes closer to that one-two turn. Even in the 12-team league, we see Saquon Barkley teamed up with Dalvin Cook. We already discussed the injury concerns with Cook. But, Tone, where do you think – we don't know where the guy's going to land yet, but this is a generational-type player in Saquon Barkley. What do you think about him for fantasy in, in 2018? See, here's the problem with taking him that early, right, or taking him uh, in the first round. If he ends up in Cleveland, right, say that he ends up in Cleveland, I look at that and, like, the problem is you've got to get six points somewhere down the line in touchdowns to be a first-round back. And I'm looking at a team that scored 234 points as a team last year, right? Yeah. The next team to them uh, was 263, the Indianapolis Colts. And that's 30 points difference between the you know the, the worst team and the second worst team. That's so, five touchdowns. Yeah. So I'm, I'm concerned that I can't get an optimal performance out of him. And I'm going to need him to catch 60 balls out of the backfield to pay off that draft position. Tony, not, listen, you're, talk, you're preaching to the choir when you're talking about trusting in Cleveland Brown running backs. So it's going to be interesting to see what he wins, winds up. If it is Cleveland, as you had predicted, I think I may own Saquon Barkley in his second year, or maybe I see if I can get him at a discount in the auction league. I'm yeah. not buying in. At, I'm not buying in at that point with that with that with that draft stock. Hey, Tony, I want to ask you something about Sa- I want to ask you a question about Saquon Barkley. I just found this out last week. Do you know that Saquon Barkley is the nephew of uh, former boxer Iran Barkley? Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. You know that? Yeah, you brought up, and you should see this guy. Like, I would never take a running back number one overall in, in, in the NFL these days because I think the offensive and defensive line is where to go. But if you watch this kid work out, like, this guy's crazy, right? This guy's absolutely insane. He lives in the weight room. He's not a big guy, which concerns the shit out of me about drafting him number one uh, overall. 
but he turned himself into a 5'11", 230-pound back while at Penn State. And he just lived in the weight room. Like, he outlifted a lot of their linemen. No, he's a very strong young man. He definitely has that gene in, in, in him. So, I listen, he's a generational player. You talk about the generational backs that we've seen come out recently, Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, guys like that. He factors to be in that mix also. Listen, the thing about it is you still got to deal with where he's going to get drafted, which NFL team he's going to be on. Uh, next pick, the fifth pick of round number 220. We see our first tight end go off the board in Travis Kelsey. I'm not doing that. The Travis Kelsey. It's a, a little, new quarterback. Uh, New quarterback. I'll tell you what, I'm scared to death. I think a lot of people are loving this Patrick Mahomes and things. I think always be careful of what you wish for, and that's going to get really, really interesting to see uh, uh, how that plays out with Mahomes. Yeah, I would not go Travis Kelsey there. And, in fact, you know, we've always talked about it. When you take a tight end early, how your team shapes out. In most cases, it seems like it shapes out uh, not well. So uh, I would probably wait on the tight end. Yeah, Titans is going to be a position I win. Up next with the sixth pick of round number two. Now, remember I said I would take Melvin Gordon in the first round, Tony? I took Odell Beckham at that spot, came back in round number two, and my God, Julio Jones was sitting there, meaning Odell Beckham was the right pick in round one because now you got guys that it just one year ago people were saying, who do I take at five, Julio yeah. or Odell? Now yeah. I got both of them on this team. Yeah, I, uh, I I love this start. I mean, you look at it, I was in love with the picks at 14 or 15. You can make the argument that these two guys are going to be better. Like, you can make the argument. And that's insane. And I think to get them that late is a great, great start. And you got to be fired up about your team to start off. Like, like yeah. If Melvin Gordon and Julio Jones doesn't sound as good as Odell Beckham and Julio Jones. So uh, my partner made the right call on that one. I think we were lucky to have Julio drop back to us as wide receiver six. I, I can't see Julio being wide receiver six. I don't mind that. But this deep into round number two is way too late. Yeah, we're seeing the abundance of running backs go early. Like I said, I would have cut it off if it was me at the point where I'm taking, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey ahead of uh, Julio Jones. That doesn't make much sense to me. No, I don't see where that happens. Up next, Tony's going to be one of the most polarizing players of the 2018 draft season with the pick with pick seven, running back 13 to go off the board. The first RB2, per se, is uh, Tennessee Titan running back Derrick Henry. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. If it shapes out that he is the only running back in camp, I could see him going uh, consistently here. I I like him. I, I'll tell you what. I think that I would take, if he was the only one there, I would take Derrick Henry ahead of Melvin Gordon and, and uh, Delvin Cook. You putting him in the first? I would no. I wouldn't draft those guys in the first. I would draft them in the second round, and I'd put him okay. like right around on the turn. Okay. <clears throat> so you say so you say he can be a top eight running back on draft day. A- absolutely. I think he's mm-hmm. a ten touchdown, fourteen hundred, thirteen hundred combined yards uh, in that offense, and I think that offense will be better this season. I agree. Um, so Marcus Marriott, of course, banged up at the beginning of the season. I think they have more opportunities here to uh, put up fantasy points. And, yeah, I think he'd be the guy that I would uh, take ahead of those two guys. 
And round number two, we see two more. Well, we see three top wide receivers fall deep into the second round. A.J. Green, Devontae Adams, and Mike Evans go off the board all on the back end of the second round, Tony. Three steals back to back to back. And I think it's safe to say that Devontae Adams is the number one target in Green Bay now. I I love him (laughs) compared to all these other guys. Um, A.J. Green, you know, he'll be the same A.J. Green. But Mike Evans is interesting, right? He was the guy that was picked sixth and seventh in drafts last year, and now he drops down uh, here to uh, the ninth wide receiver pick, but all those running backs move him down. Uh, I'm interested to see where he go. He could be a draft day steal if they get back to their old ways uh, in Tampa. I agree with you. I, that's, that's the player. That's a pick. The, that's the best pick of the second round, I think. Well, obviously, the second round, he has Julio Jones, and that's a little bit different. When you drafted but, Julio Jones, did you consider taking Evans? No, I was going Julio Jones at this point. I'm, anytime you can get Julio as a wide receiver, too, I understand the foot. We saw him play 16 this year, though. Obviously, he's always going to be banged up, and he labors. And people were down on him this year because, obviously, the touchdown numbers. But the dude still finished the top five fantasy wide receiver, Tony. I mean, we're just expecting too much. Oh, absolutely. I I totally agree. I'll tell you what, the one guy that I would take ahead of Evans is Devontae Adams. I really think that that they've passed the torch in Green Bay. Uh, I think he's going to get 13, 14 targets uh, a game because I think Cobbs has dropped off. Jordy Nelson's dropped off. I don't think any of the current wide receivers uh, are going to step up unless they get one in the draft uh, or free agency. I think Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are going to play a lot of catch this year. Ty Montgomery could move back. The reports that Ty Montgomery could move back yeah. to wide receiver also this yeah. year. So, But I still think it's Devontae Adams. Up next, we get the 14th and 15th running back to go off the board. Kenyon Drake and Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman, Tony, might be one of the most slept-on assets in fantasy football. He goes with pick number 12 of round number two. I'll tell you what. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, you look at that pick and you say, man, he can last that long on a team – uh, offense, and we saw how he played the second half of the season. Now, people are going to be concerned about the concussions. People are going to be concerned with injuries with him. Uh, but you can have that with any back in the league, man. I would absolutely, if I waited that long and for a running back and ended up with him, I would be fired up. Devontae Freeman or McCaffrey? <sighs> I go Devontae Freeman. Freeman or McCoy? Definitely Freeman. Freeman or Fournette? Fournette. Freeman or Ingram? Ooh. I'll go Mark Ingram because he catches more balls, and it's he's actually very underrated. Back-to-back seasons over 50 catches. Uh, Freeman or Kenyon Drake? Uh, I'm going to go Freeman, but that might be one that I would change a month from now. I can see my change. I can, that one's going to be interesting. I want to see what the pieces are going to be in Miami. I think there could be a big shakeup coming to that situation. But – uh, this round number two closes with Tyreek Hill and T.Y. Hilton. Tyreek Hill may be overdrafted this year, Tony. People are going to look at Mahomes in the big arm and think, oh, my goodness, Tyreek Hill is going to catch 20 touchdown passes. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I want Tyreek Hill. I do want a piece of Tyreek Hill. I think what he went in this draft was about right, but I can't see him being overvalued. See, Tyreek Hill this year was way better than I ever thought he would be because I've seen a lot of these guys that were fast speed guys, you know, and, and they get the ball and they have a great season when no one expected it to them. And then all of a sudden they become a starting every down wide receiver and they can't make the transition. They can't run all the routes. He did it. He did it. So I get the quarterback play, and, and that's where I agree with Travis Kelsey there. 
Uh, but Tyreek Hill is a better wide receiver than I thought he would be. T.Y. Hilton ends off round number two. Obviously, if Andrew Luck is back, this is a steal right here. Also, if Andrew Luck is not back, then this is a dud. Yeah, that's a pick that I wouldn't make at this point. Um, drafting, and again, a month from now, that could change. I would not pick him at the second round. I think when you pick in your first and second rounds, you want to have sort of a sure thing, even though there are no sure things. And if I'm banking on Andrew Luck to be back, uh, that's not where I want to go. I'll pick the next guy. Yeah, I, 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 I misspoke earlier saying that there was no third-round reversal in this draft. The third-round reversal did take place in this draft. The 16th running back to go off the board was Jordan Howard. So the team that has Keenan Allen and Michael Thomas, their RB1 is Jordan Howard. That's interesting because he's not a guy you want as your number one back. But if I got two wideouts like that, he might be enough to get by. I have a problem with Mitchell Trubinsky. Like, I think I don't think he's that good. And I don't think Mitchell Trubinsky is ever going to be a top 15 quarterback in the league. They have no wide receivers there. And uh, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen are the two guys that are their best offensive players. And they're both in the backfield. Uh, I, I, I could live with this. I, I could live with it, too. I, I I don't mind the pick. Up next, we see Aaron Rodgers go off the board as the first quarterback, followed by Carson Wentz at quarterback two. That's a mistake. That's a huge mistake. I mean, mm-hmm. if this was an uh, industry draft and it was on Twitter, people would killed. be calling, calling out whoever made that pick. No doubt about it. You 100%. But here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen, right? And I'm going to ask you this. And this Carson Wentz gets picked here. This guy's obviously going to wait five, six rounds to take Nick Foles. Do you go that way? I can see that happening. But still, would you say that Nick Foles was the second quarterback on the board? If Carson Wentz was healthy, he's not the second quarterback on my board. No, I don't either, yeah. Especially with no, especially with a new OC. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. Peterson's still there, but Scott's coming off a torn ACL. Don't like to pick when we come back. Minnesota Vikings wide receivers let you know how they go. And plus, me and my partner get into a tizzy. We'll break it right down right here on The Frenzy. The sharpest fantasy sports minds are now available 24-7 straight from your mobile device. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app and listen live or on demand to the finest tips, strategies, and advice from your favorite fantasy personalities. It's free and available for both iOS and Android devices. Your life isn't slowing down, so why should your fantasy sports? Head to FNTSY.com radio and download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app today. Game time decisions. Cam's a great consumer. You would say that he's an aggressive consumer. Nobody actually will ever, like, question a price, right? But in a grocery store, Cam will. Like, in the fish section and stuff, there's, like, a big piece of salmon that's 12 bucks. And he'll tell the guy on the other side of the counter, I'll give you 8 bucks for this. And I tell the guy, I'm like, Cam, man, the guy's making, you know, 12 bucks an hour working here, bro. It's not his fish. <laughs> <laughs> now you can negotiate weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-3793 immediately. That's 800-955-3793. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and 
and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-3793 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-3793. That's 800-955-3793. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-3793 for your free author submission kit. Skix sneakers are taking over tailgates and alumni homes across America. Skix canvas high top, low top, slip on, and kids tennis style sneakers designed in officially licensed college colors and logos is a must have for every college fan's wardrobe. Fun, fashionable, and comfortable. Whether you're at the big game or watching the game at home, Skix helps fans perform better. Go to Skix.com and use promo code FNTSY for 15% off your pair now. That's Skix.com. Skix sneakers, the soul of a true Hi, this is Lar Michaels of Creatorsports.com and host of the Tout Wars Hour on the Fantasy Sports Network. Join Justin Mason and me at our new time, Sundays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, as we break down the fantasy games you love with the biggest names in the industry. Plus, starting with the 2018 baseball season, we'll review the Tout Wars Fab Bits live on the show, hours before your league's waiver deadline. So join Justin, Lord Zola, and special guests every Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern for the most in your fantasy sports world. Fantasy Sports Today. 49ers are a team that a lot of people are looking forward to having a big year this year. People say that they can win the division. Jimmy G gets his money. The 49ers are 20-1 Super Bowl odds. Yeah, they're under the cap. They have a lot of money, and a lot of free agents are knocking at the door. Their future is terrific. Their outlook is terrific. Are you talking about playoffs next year? I'd say no. Are you talking about two years? I'd say very likely yes. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mickey on the track. Fantasy Football Frenzy, FNTSY Radio. Final segment, then Zach and Tony Sincata breaking it down, talking about the NFFC Trendsetters draft, having a good time doing so. Already going through a couple of rounds. Get you up to date on some more stuff as we can. Well, as we roll. All right, Tony. Let's discuss these Minnesota Vikings wide receivers. Both of them went off the board in round number three. Adam Thielen goes as wide receiver 12. Stephon Diggs goes off the board as wide receiver 15. Which one would you rather have? I go with Adam Thielen coming out of the slot, and it's tough to go without the quarterback situation being settled. Um, I think Stephen Diggs would open up more to the Sam Bradford quarterback, a guy that can throw the ball down the field and get it there. If Teddy Bridgewater or uh, Case Keenum were the quarterbacks, uh, I would probably look at Adam Thielen. And when I look at Kirk Cousins as a possibility, I would go Adam Thielen too uh, because of the success in the Washington Redskins passing game to their slot receivers. I agree. I think Thielen is the move as a slot receiver. I think one day Stephon Diggs will be a PPR beast in this league, has an Antonio Brown-type skill set. The problem is Stephon Diggs is a, a Lilliputian, as Walt Clyde Flazier would call him. Injuries are always going to be a thing with Diggs because his body type is not really made for the NFL. No, and, it is, you know, it's tough when you get the, those little guys out there. You know, and, and they're dressed in purple. It doesn't make them tough. <laughs> no, it does not. So, Tony. You ever go to school with par- a purple shirt on back in the day? No. Scott Engels came to work with a purple shirt on, though. Oh, yeah. Scott, he's a purple pita eater. 
Yeah, there you go right there. So, Tone, <laughs> my uh, first time me and my partner was texting back and forth in disagreement. Third round of this draft, we have Odell Beckham and Julio Jones. I'm ready yes. to jump into the running back. He says to me, <clears throat> who do you want here? He says, I'm thinking Hyde, Carlos Hyde, yeah. Brandon Cooks, or Tom Brady. And he also said, I like Zach Ertz here too. Yeah. Or we can take the second rookie. I was for the second rookie. Who would it be? That's going to be interesting. See, I think we know Barkley's going to be the first rookie. <clears throat> right. The second rookie, though, now when we, when we have to make this selection, it'll be after the NFL draft. Right. So we'll know where this player is playing at. So last year, in my opinion, the second rookie running back <clears throat> changed all throughout the course of the offseason. It went from Christian McCaffrey. Well, it was Leonard Fournette. Then it was Christian McCaffrey. Then it was Dalvin Cook in some places. And then, obviously, Kareem Hunt towards the end of the draft season after the injury to Spencer Weir jumped way up the draft board. When you look at the players, Darius Geist, the big running back out of LSU, is going to be in the conversation. You also have uh, the guy I like a lot, Carrion Johnson. We've got to see what his injury situation looks like. He's a Le'Veon Bell-style player. And then you have the Georgia Bulldogs running backs, Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michelle is the guy that projects to be more of the Alvin Kamara type back. Sonny Michelle in the right situation, Tony, is a guy I would take with that pick. So basically, you, you don't have anyone in mind. You're banking on a running back. I got two stud wide receivers, and I can get a running back right now into the third round value on draft day that could end up being a second round pick. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you that. I wouldn't take Brandon Cooks there, and I wouldn't take Tom Brady there either. So I, I like that pick. I, I think that was the way to go. I think you can get Carlos Hyde a little bit later on. You don't oh, know yeah. where Hyde could end up. He's a guy that could, you know, he could, he could end up anywhere. What do you think of the rookie running backs after Barkley, Tony? Yeah, I, uh, you know, from what I see and from watching those guys, uh, both those guys in Georgia, uh, I like a lot. I think that depending on – you're so right – about the situation involving Sonny Michelle because he's got to get on the right team, though. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I would hate for him to get in a poor offense and then, you know, somewhere out in Buffalo playing with LaShawn McCoy. Uh, you get a situation where uh, in Cleveland uh, they have a Duke Johnson there. Like, there's a lot of bad places there. And Nick Chubb, to me, is going to be a workhorse back and have that capability. Uh, for someone that needs a back right away. Like the New York Giants, he'd be a guy, if he could last or if the Giants trade up and get you know into the end of the first round, Nick Chubb would uh, be a guy I'd be interested in uh, playing for the Giants as well. Yeah, I think Nick Nick Chubb also has, interest in, is, it has an interesting opportunity. Speaking of the New York Giants, Tony, Pat Shermer comes in, head coach now. You know who I think would make an interesting New York Giant and would definitely be a guy I would put on the fantasy team if he was a New York Giant? Jarek McKinnon. See, the problem with McKinnon is that McKinnon was a guy that played football late in life, right? And mm-hmm. and I think he's a great athlete. And I just kind of wonder um, if he could do it every down and touch the ball 20 times a game. Like, we see flashes, but we've never seen any consistency from his game. 
I think he's a positive time side of a timeshare. I don't think he's a workhorse type. I don't think that I don't I don't think he's a workhorse type, but I think he's more than a third down back. I would rather Jarek McKinnon over Deion Lewis. Really? Really? Yeah. I think he's more talented. Dion, Dion to me is a better runner in between the tackles, and mm-hmm. you could make the case that Jarek McKinnon's a better pass receiver. But I think Dion Lewis is a great inside runner and actually has a nose for the goal line. Uh, the problem is five eight. Yeah, that 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 that, and he has some injury histories. Even though he's yeah. been relatively healthy the past couple years. Up next, we see Deshaun Watson and Zach Ertz go off the board, followed by Rob Gronkowski. Everybody knows how I feel about Rob Gronkowski. Then we get the 13th wide receiver going off the board as we're getting close to the end of round three, and Jarvis Landry. The interesting thing right here with Landry is we know how great he is. I want to see where he ends up first. Wide receiver 14 to go off the board, Tony, was Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin back in round number three. He's lived in rounds three and four up until 2017 when he jumped in to the back end of round two. I think he's more of a round three guy. Oh, yeah, I, I do too. And, uh, the, you know, the king and me got in a huge debate where I said he was on the backside of his career. And, uh, you know, he's only 29. Well, I didn't, I, 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 I didn't know that. A, I, I didn't hear that one. Oh, uh, he had a monster. You know, I said he had a monster year. He's never going to be the same player. And that offense, you know, Seattle's got a whole new coaching staff there mm-hmm. uh, other than the head coach. So we're going to see some changes there. Um, I probably I probably wouldn't even have taken him there. Uh, at this point, he's back where he belongs. He's the number one wide receiver on a team that has a good quarterback uh, there. But we're talking about a five eleven wide receiver that's always overachieved. Didn't have the skills to put up the numbers he did. I wouldn't take him there. I would actually take Robert Woods ahead of him. Wow, really? Huh? You would go that far down the board and grab Robert Williams? I mean, I, I, I Robert I'm, Woods. Robert, Woods, Robert yeah. I mean, excuse me. I said, I said Robert yeah. Woods. I mean Robert Woods. Really? So you were that impressed with what Robert Woods this did this year on a team and that with- offense? Yeah, I just think that Robert Woods and that offense is for real. And uh, for whatever reason, he became the guy that was the the go to wide receiver. I mean, you've seen it before he was injured. Then when he came back, they went right back to him right away. No doubt that is that is the case. We see next next up, we close the third round at three four turn. We go Stephon Diggs and Drew Brees. Drew Brees, the seventh quarterback, going off the board. This is a fourteen team draft champions. That's why the quarterbacks are pushing up the board. QB six to go off the board was Cam Newton's home. You know what? I, I like Cam Newton next year. To be honest with you, I think I want to go in on Cam Newton. I want to get him at a, as a, at a good price, though. I worry, but don't get me wrong. I worry about North Turner, but I think Cam's athleticism is just so much that North Turner's going to end up throwing the clipboard up in the air and say, "You know what? Do what you want to do." But here's putting Cam problem, Newton though. in the seven step drop, I don't trust that. Yeah, he has the problem though picking Cam Newton, and he's proven fantasy wise that he's a solid play each and every year. He, as he gets older, don't you think that his athleticism, though, it, it, is going to fall off at some point? And that the running, I mean, this guy's a 265 pound quarterback. He's not running out of bounds, he's <laughs> running over people. And if they don't get any wide receivers and he doesn't improve his passing, don't you think it's going to drop off at some point? I, I see what you're saying on that, and that's probably the reason why they bring Turner in, even though I don't think it was the best idea. Even though I think North Turner can still coach, I don't know if I want him coaching Cam Newton. I think that's a mistake right there. But I just look at LeBron James is getting better. This is fifteenth year. Now I understand it's two different sports totally all together, but just Cam Newton is just so much. It's like he's just bigger and better than everybody else. Tony, I think he still has good football left in him. 
Cam, it's going to get really interesting. Um, I, I'm, I'm the type, if I, if I don't get one of the top three or four quarterbacks, there's no way I'm picking the fifth or the sixth or the seventh because I think fifth through twelfth are all the same. You know who I'm going back? I'm going, I, I'm going to Matt Ryan because oh, Matt got, Ryan is yeah. going to come heavily discounted. He, people are going to forget Matt Ryan. They're going to write him off. And I think Matt Ryan is going to be a steal in drafts this year. Matt Ryan performs better in the second year of offenses. So I'm down for Matt Ryan in 2018. And you can get, I think you're going to be able to get him very late. Uh, yeah, very, very interesting, right? Yeah, he came up and he put together, you know, a top three quarterback uh, season in 2016. And you got to go back to the well. Yeah, there you go right there. After coming off a down season in this draft, he goes off the board as quarterback 20. Patrick Mahomes was quarterback 19. So that goes to show you what – yeah, that's crazy right there, Tony. That's where the industry is at. Coming up next in round four, wide receiver 16 and wide receiver 17. Wide receiver 16, the ever so potential latent Amari Cooper. Wide receiver 17, Tony, your guy, Robert Woods. I would take Amari Cooper over Robert Woods uh, twice – in a draft, right? Are we? Uh, but but here's the thing: Are we making a mistake continuing to buy in Amari Amari Cooper's potential? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. I watched this kid play at Alabama, and I was convinced that this kid is going to be a superstar. Like this is a guy that's going to be the next big thing, and uh, we saw flashes of it, and we see mm-hmm. flashes of it, but there's no consistency. I don't know what the. I don't love the quarterback there either at Oakland. I you think, think Gruden okay. fixes him? I don't know. I like. I. I don't know. I mean, he doesn't look good. I mean, Amari Cooper last year. You have these games where, man, oh man, I think this offense has to be better under John Gruden. And I would, I would take a shot on Amari Cooper at some point in the third round. There, I want all the pieces together though. I want Michael Crabtree oh, yeah. on the other side. Uh, there and if they brought in some more offensive weapons, I think that would help things out. If he's the only wide receiver there and Crabtree's gone, I would be I'd be less enthusiastic about the pick. Say Crabtree, excuse me. Say Crabtree is gone and Emmanuel Sanders is there. I'm all right. I'm all right then. I think Emmanuel Sanders and Crabtree are parallels. Yeah, I think why would if you, if you got rid of Crabtree, why would you bring in Emmanuel Sanders? So that that makes sense right there. Oh, we see Andrew Luck, Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. Run to continue. Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback ten. Alshon Jeffrey, wide receiver eighteen. Brandon Cooks, wide receiver nineteen. Pair wide receivers that both played in the Super Bowl, and then we see Josh Gordon at wide receiver twenty. And you, and you know what, Tony, you make a lot of sense when you talk about Josh Gordon. Why hasn't he gone higher? Obviously, situation with the Cleveland Browns, where he's currently employed at, could very well be out of Cleveland. He does not have a contract in Cleveland past this year. A lot of people are salivating over a Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Gordon mix in San Francisco. That would shoot him way up draft boards. But to be honest with you, Tony, the thing about Josh Gordon is he's still got to get through the offseason, man. Yeah, he's got to. Um, and I, I don't know you know, what's in place to help him out and if he has a you know Josh Hamilton babysitting situation uh, there. But from what we saw, I, in, I, I would be taking a shot on him before now. I think that he, like if he leaves in free agency and gets in the right situation – Jesus, I don't know what he could do. And then even in Cleveland, he was the best player on the field. We know the quarterback situation with Deshaun Kaiser is going to be improved. There's no way they're going back to that. Uh, they're going to make a move, with, uh, bringing someone in. I would absolutely. 
Yeah, I, I think it's going to be A.J. McCarron will be one of the guys there. I mean, they try to make a move for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, we heard they try to make a move for Kirk Cousins. So they look like they're trying to get an experienced guy in there in Cleveland. And Josh Gordon, that's only a good thing if he gets stuck there. No, I, I mean, listen, if the quarterback situation is right, listen, we do – Hugh is supposed to have the brain to be able to put all of these things together. So it be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, Tone, let me, let, me, let me ask you about this, about this particular one right here, though, when it comes to the situation with, with, with Josh Gordon. You said you don't worry too much about the, the off-the-field stuff with Gordon, but if he was to end up in a place like San Fran, how high does he jump? Oh, I think he jumps. Yeah, he'll be going. He'll be a guy that people actually contemplate in the first round, but he'll go in the I second agree. round. I agree. He'll go in the second round of most drafts. I agree. I think he jumps up that high up the board. I think he's into that wide receiver six, between wide receiver six and nine at that point, if, especially if he ends up in San Francisco with the hype that's building around that team. That's going to be a very hyped team. Oh, Tony, right quick, we will end the program talking about Josh Gordon. I want to thank everybody for checking with us. Shout out to Mike Florio back there in the uh, fantasy pit of misery on the fourth floor, Dilly Dilly. Oh, he's working with Maverick Carter, Maverick Carter of the decision in LeBron James. Yeah, Yeah, I'll tell you what. LeBron's got a lot of good stuff going on outside of the career. He's got a production company going uh, now where they've actually made some documentaries and some good movies. I forget the movie he's bringing back. He's, he's, it's going to be great. People getting money all around, Tony. We're trying to get some money, too. Yeah, share. <laughs> we need Maverick Carter to take us. Right, there you go, Maverick Carter. We're available. <laughs> For the fantasy shame of Tony Zincada, I'm the fantasy executive, Corey Paulson. The fantasy football frenzy, we got you covered all off-season long.